Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Freedom to Coach podcast. We're very excited to have you here. We're on podcast 11. Isn't that exciting? And today we're talking about Mick and I's probably most favorite thing in the world to talk about. How do really, actually, truly get shit done? Consistently. Consistently. How to really, truly, actually, consistently get shit done and not just getting it done, but consistently over and over, really, truly, actually getting shit done. (laughs) (laughs) So to start us off, Mick, please give us your amazing words of wisdom since you are the productivity queen. Thanks, Jim. Okay, so just going to run you through a little bit of productivity 101 right now. So the three main tools that you need to have organized to keep your business running is your email. So um, whether that is Outlook or Google Workspaces or whatever you use, it's having your email account organized and getting your inbox to zero. I'm going to talk a little bit about more about that in a sec. Number two is having a to-do list that you actually use and that you review regularly because I know a lot of people put together a to-do list and they kind of work a little bit on the stuff at the top and then they add more stuff and stuff falls off the bottom and it's just really unorganised. You need an organised to-do list. And number three is an organised calendar, again, that you use. So Gemma and I, well, I'll get Gem to um, to jump in a lot when we talk about that one because she's actually, she's even better than me <laughs> when it comes to having her calendar organised and doing what she says she'll do in it. She's like super queen on that. All right, so the first thing, your email inbox. Now I want to start by saying that so many people tell me that it doesn't bother them that they have 3,000 emails in their inbox. No, it's all good. I don't need to get it to zero. I know what's in there, yada, yada, yada. Now, I'm here to tell you that that is actually a crock of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that hurts my brain to even hear you say that. I know. It's a no from me. (laughs) No. And I've looked at these inboxes and when I look at them, I get stressed, like I feel stressed. And there's actually science behind this. So let me just tell you, there was a study conducted, I think it was back in 2014, about the effects of clutter on women. And basically when we see clutter, when women see clutter, like, you know, a cluttered house or a car with crap everywhere, (laughs) whatever it is, Apparently, it releases a hit of, I think it's cortisol. That's the stress hormone. I'm going mm-hmm. off the top of my head here. Yes. Um, it releases a hit of cortisol, which increases our stress levels. Huh. And 
this study that they did, they actually did it on men and women, but found that that effect only occurred with women. And then they took it further and it's not just physical clutter, it's also digital clutter. So, you know, the perception of clutter that gives us women that hit of cortisol. So, you know, it's actually, it's how our brains handle things. Our brains see a cluttered desktop, an overflowing inbox, and no matter what you might tell yourself, we do get a hit of stress hormone and it does affect us in that way. So taking that, you know, into consideration, it is really important to get your inbox down to zero. There are many different ways you can do it. I coach people on how to do it. Um, I'm not going to go through it all here, but one technique that you could use is to just create a folder or a a, um, label, if you're in Google Workspaces, called Temporary Archive. Highlight every single email currently in your inbox and move it to your Temporary Archive. Then what you can do is... For every new email that comes in, you can work through it, and I'll tell you how to do that in just a sec. And for your old emails, the ones that you've moved in the temporary archive, if you want, you can start working your way through them. But honestly, if an email's been sitting in there for two months, one might even say one month, and you haven't actioned it yet, then either you're going to get a reminder about it um, from someone. If it's a client going, hey, what's happening here? Or, you know, you haven't paid a bill or something, you'll get a reminder. Or it's just become obsolete. It doesn't matter anymore. It's no longer relevant. So it's up to you what you want to do with your temporary archive. But the most important thing is dealing with your emails from this day forth. So when it comes to dealing with your emails, you have Five options. Option number one is it's something you need to read, so such as a blog post or a newsletter. Now, what you can do here is you can create a folder called Read and move the item into it, and then once a week you can sit down and read everything in your reading folder. Or if you're bored or you've got some spare time on your hands or you're waiting for a client who's late for a call, something like that. Number two is wait. So again, I recommend creating a a wait folder. And wait items are emails that relate to something that hasn't happened yet and that you may need to track or to refer back to. So for example, I keep event confirmation emails in my waiting folder um, just in case I need to reschedule or double check, you know, information like the venue or something like that before it happens. Um, And I also keep emails in which someone has promised me something um, but not yet delivered. So, you know, if Gemma says, oh, I'll get you X document um, next week, then that email in which she says I'll get you X document next week goes into my wait folder and then every week on a Friday I go through my wait folder and if the event has passed or say if Gemma has given me the document she promised, then I just delete the email. Um, Or if I need to follow up with her, then I can just respond from there. 
So that's number two. Number three is action, which is pretty straightforward. Now, all action items should be added to your to-do list. You can create an action folder to keep these emails aside, but actions don't belong in your email. They belong on your to-do list. The next option is archive. So archive emails are emails that you need to keep to refer back to at some unknown point in the future. Not stuff that you're keeping just in case, you know, it's really unlikely that you'll ever need it again, but stuff that you're pretty sure you're going to need again because you don't want to fill up your archive with crap because even though it has a really good search function, most email platforms do, you just don't want to, you know, search for keywords and it brings up 200 options for you. And option number five for your emails is delete, which is pretty straightforward. The emails that you delete are the ones that are unsolicited or that you just will never need again. So that, and obviously they go to your trash or deleted items or whatever that's called. So that's a really, really quick breakdown of how to get your inbox to zero. Um, I highly recommend you do it to try and cut down on that digital clutter. So the first tool that you need to master is your inbox. The second one, your to-do list. So when it comes to your to-do list, you only have four options with things that you've got on that list. And these options are delete, delegate, defer, or do. So delete, again, it's pretty obvious, but delete items are things that you've put on your to-do list at some point, but then you decide that they're really not that important. They're not in line with your goal. They're kind of really just busy work. It's like at the time you went, oh, yeah, I'll do that. That'll be really great. But, you know, the, the return on investment just isn't there. It's just not worth it. You've got other more important things to do and it's not going to move your business forward in any way. Delete it. Don't ever be afraid to delete things off your to-do list. The next one is delegate. So items for you to delegate are things that you personally don't need to do. Something you can send off to your virtual assistant, your business partner, your life partner, your kids, anything like that. If you can defer it, give it to someone else and move on because your time is precious and you want to spend your time coaching and working with your clients. And the final option is, of course, no, actually, sorry, there's one, there's two more. The next option is defer. So items that you defer are things that you need to do, but not necessarily right now. You might need to do them in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So you need to put these in a place where you're not going to lose them. You could have a someday maybe list. Some people do that and they put these items on there. When you use a defer or a someday maybe list, it is important to go through that list. And when you go through that list, you again look at, okay, what can I delete? Is there something that's become obsolete or something that, you know, at the time it was important, but now I'm going in a different direction, so it's not important. Um, again, can I delete, uh, can I delegate it now? Is it something I can send it on to someone else? Or if it's something that you need to do, you need to schedule it in and get it done. 
And, of course, the final option for your to-do list is the one I just mentioned, which is do. So these are the things that are important. They are high priority. They need to be done by you and they need to be done sooner rather than later. So that's tool number two, your to-do list. And finally, the last thing that's super important to get under control is your calendar. Now, when you are setting up your calendar, I recommend that you do a few things first. So the first thing I recommend that you do is that you enter all of your personal time into your calendar first. So this is your holidays, breaks, like including lunch um, and any, you know, morning or afternoon tea breaks and and downtime. So anytime, you know, if you're going to read for 30 minutes of an afternoon, any of that sort of stuff that's important to you, put it in there. Because it's really important that these things are protected in your calendar and you're not just squeezing them in around everything else. The next thing you need to put in are your appointments, meetings and events. So these are things that you've committed to doing and they're important to either you or your business. Just a quick word on meetings. I always encourage my clients to look at the length of their meetings. If you've got a regular meeting that's an hour long, just try rescheduling it to 45 minutes or half an hour because it's actually pretty amazing how quickly or how much more quickly people can get to the point when you constrict the time that they've got to do it. You know, it's like that um, Parkinson's, Parkinson's law, work expands to fill the time that you give it. So, and that's really especially true for meetings. And the last thing you want to add to your calendar are work blocks. So these are protected blocks of time during your day and week that you're putting aside specifically for focused, intentional, distraction and procrastination-free work. So this is where you slot in the items from your to-do list to actually make them get done. And I'm just going to throw to Gemma for a minute because I need to catch my breath. I don't even know how to follow up after that. Goodness. So this is my uh, forte. This is where I come in. This is where I, I love because so many people, and just yesterday actually when I was out and I'm talking to people and, and people are asking me, they're like, how did you write a book? How long did that take? I'm like, five months. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how did you do it? I'm like, well, I just put the time in my calendar and did it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's so it's so fascinating to me when people ask me, like, how how do you get all this shit done? I'm like, I don't know. I just do it. it right? <laughs> yeah, because you are amazing, like gobsmackingly amazingly good at that. You know, yeah. I'm good, but you're like next level good. You always amaze me with the stuff that you get done in oh. short periods of time. Thank you. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never. It's never been a option for me, really. You know, it, it's like a non-issue. Mm. Um, I just do it. 
what? I'm going to do that thing. Okay, let's go. Uh, off I go and I do it, you know. I, I don't know. But, you know, my tips from that and I think something I just picked up from what you said me when it came to the to-do list, um, what I loved with defer as well, you know, what's not pressing right now, shift it. Mm. You know, my issue for years used to be I have to do all the things, I have to do them now. What, you want me to do that? I'll do it now. You want me to do that? I'll do it yesterday. Ne- what, you want me to do 10 more things? Okay, I'll do them tomorrow. I'll do them now. I'll do them yesterday. I'll do them last week, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, don't get me wrong, I love for whatever crazy reason, um, but not everyone can work that way, <laughs> you know. So really, truly, when you go to get it off the to-do list, and that's what needs to be done, it needs to come off the to-do list and onto the calendar in those work blocks, right? Yeah. It needs to be there. Um, otherwise, it kind of doesn't exist is my theory. It, you know, if it's just sitting there on a piece of paper, what does that mean? It doesn't really mean anything. Like you put it on your work blocks, but don't overdo your work blocks, right? Because then you you are, you will, your brain will just be like, oh, my God, I'm too overwhelmed, I can't do anything and, of course, what happens when you feel overwhelmed, you know, that drives you to do nothing. Right? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> you know, right? And that's when it's like, what What does the brain do? And as coaches, we all know that. We all know the feeling of o- overwhelm always drives inaction, no matter what. So, we, you know, we want to avoid that. So don't overdo it and pay attention to your thinking. It's a lot, I have to do all these things. I have to do them now. And, of course, it goes back to the what's the hurry? Like, why are you in a rush? Why do those things have to get done now? You know, why can't you spread them over four months, six months, a year? What's the rush? You know, Absolutely. so once you sort of, yeah, once you deal with that sort of stuff and don't overdo it, um that's the first step you know but also speaking of constraint and one thing I remember saying a while ago on our other podcast was you know honoring yourself so it's interesting like I'm not a people pleaser right never have been so for me to say no to someone no big deal, but I know a lot of people struggle with that, right? So if I've said to myself, I'm going to do this thing between these two hours, then I do it. If someone calls me and said, hey, do you want to catch up or do whatever in that time? I'll say no, right? Whereas some people will not honor themselves, people please, and do that. And then, of course, what is that? I don't know what you're to? talking about. Right? <laughs> and then... What does that lead to? Guilt and shame and all of the feelings that and we hate, right? Falling behind in your schedule. And then, and then falling behind your schedule. So in the end, the ultimate result is, you know, you're, really, you're just letting yourself down, right? You, you are. Um, and you're not, it's not getting you towards that end result of doing the thing, whatever the thing was. And yeah, so back to what I said on the other podcast, it's like when we make an appointment, with a doctor, with a physio, with a whatever, a lunch date, we always go, Mm. right? But why is it that that 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. write my blog on a Tuesday morning, we don't honour? Like why don't we honour those appointments to ourselves? 
because we never cancel on the other ones, right? So it's so interesting to really pay attention to what's going through your brain in those moments. And I don't know, it's never bothered me. So when I was younger and I was studying for uni, I was one of the only ones studying out of all of my friends. So they were, you know, being 18, 19-year-olds, partying and doing all the things. And don't get me wrong, I was partying too. (laughs) And I was doing a three-year uni degree in a year and a half. And I was working two jobs. And I was studying to be a makeup artist on top of that. And I graduated with honours. So (laughs) getting shit done's never been an issue for me, right? But when it came time to do the stuff that, you know, I needed to study, I did it no matter what, Mm. you know. And what's the big deal? Like what is it that you're afraid you're going to miss out on? And back then what I was actually doing was quite an incredible thing that I haven't actually learned mean something until literally 15 years later. So I was, you know, putting it off, doing the hard shit at that time for that later hit of dopamine, right? For uh, instead of giving in in the moment and feeling better in the moment, I felt better at the end result. And I was doing that without even noticing or knowing that I was doing it because my thinking at the time was, well, I'm only 18. I'm only studying now. Let me study now, get this done, and then I can party for the rest of my life, Mm. right? There aren't many 18-year-olds that think like that. Right. But, yeah, you're really setting yourself up for success doing that. Yeah, because, yeah, like it made no sense to me. I'm like, why do this now? got the rest of my life and that's the thing it's the same now like again what's the rush you know if you've got a goal that you're focusing on then make the time do the thing get towards that goal and do the other shit later celebrate later and that journey is so incredible the growth you'll see in that why don't you like Here's, a, here's an assignment from FTC for the week. Why don't you try it for one week? Like make a really short goal for a week and see if you can just put off little things, even if it's just something you're working on 15 minutes a day and you make sure you honour it and you don't give in to, you know, other people distracting you or whatever it may be and just see how the Friday is. Like do it Monday to Friday and then evaluate and actually see what that 15 minutes a day got you and how much closer it got you to that result. You know, start little, but I'm rambling. (laughs) (laughs) And, well, the other thing that I would say there is if, if you're really struggling to do the work towards a specific goal, so, you know, to take Gemma's book example, Um, and use that. So say you're like Gemma and you're writing a book and you've put a two-hour block in your calendar for today to write the introduction and you get to that point and you don't do it. You procrastinate, you clean the house, you Mm -hmm. call your friend, Mm. you don't do it. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, and then tomorrow it's the same deal. You've got another mm. two-hour block and you maybe spend 10 minutes doing it and then go, oh, it's too hard. 
if you get into a situation like that, I would challenge you to think about what your goal is. Mm. Like, is it actually really something that you want to do? Is it actually really something that's important to you? Or is it something that you think should be something that you want to do or something that you think should be important to you? Because that's a really important lesson that I learned recently. It's like a lot of times we think that we should do something and we confuse that with what we actually want to do. Yes. So, you know, maybe writing a book isn't actually really what you want to do. Yes. So you can take that as a little trigger to stop and go, hang on, clearly I'm, you know, this isn't aligned with me at the moment, what's going on? Because, you know, you don't want to waste your life doing shoulds. No. None of us want that. No. Don't do shoulds. No. Work out what it is you really want to do. And once you get into that space, and I'm speaking um, from my personal experience here, once you really get into the space of what you really actually want to do, then you will get to that work block and you will blow through it and you will get so much done. And you'll probably find that, you know, what say you said you'd write one chapter in an hour, in two hours, you might even find you write two chapters in that time because you're just in the zone. It's something that's really aligned with who you are and what you want. So always consider that. And I think it does it does come to constraint a bit. It's like look at everything you're doing, see what's really aligned and constrain. Get rid of the stuff that's not and just really you do you and and what's really actually important and aligned with you. Absolutely. And not to like carry on on the book example, but I remember a couple of months ago I had a client come to me in like this panic, right? <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, I have to write a book. I'm like, what? What do you mean? She's like, well, everyone else is. I'm like, okay. Do you want to write a book? No. Okay. So what's the problem here? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and look, following on what what from what Mick said, like, oh yes, like really reconnect with your reason. Like if you you're finding you're getting to that time slot over and over and you keep pushing it out and pushing it out and pushing it out. Do you really want to do this? Right, because when you start to think about should and you're shoulding all over yourself, it really brings up feelings like obligation and pressure, right? And you're not going to do anything from that space. There's no way. So really reconnect with why you're doing it in those sorts of goals. But on the flip side as well, sometimes you've got to put your big, girl pants on, your big boy pants on, your big coach pants on, your big human pants on, whichever (laughs) pants, you've got to put them on because no matter what, there are going to be parts of your job, your business that you don't like. Yeah. And they need to be done. I just finally got together with my accountant and did my tax. There you go. I'd been putting it off for months and (laughs) I knew that I wasn't going to get around to it anytime soon unless I really, it's kind of, I guess, like the point I made about meetings. 
I had to say to myself, I'm going to make the appointment with my accountant because then I will have to sit down and get everything together before that appointment. So that's what I did. I emailed my appointment. Like I, you know, I did reverse Parkinson's, (laughs) Parkinson's law. I made the the amount of time I had really small. Yes. So Uh then it was a case of I have zero choice. I've got to get this done. Yeah. And I did. And remember to do that with yourself as well, right? So if there's something you want to get done, put out a two-hour block or whatever block you're comfortable with and just put on your bloody big human pants, honestly, and just do it. Mm. Because, you know, what you resist persists, right? So imagine getting that two hours done and it it's it's done after right don't give in to the better feeling you want in the moment because you're a coach and you know your brain wants that right mm. so think with your forward brain don't let the primitive brain come in because the primitive frame is going to be like no i want something better i want something more comfortable i want to feel happy now just wait right just put yeah. it off get your shit done and do it and that is the beauty of constraint right and following on from what Mick said earlier as well with the time, under time it. Like don't give yourself too much time because you will fuck around. Like mm. there's no doubt about it. The more time you've got, the more time you're allowing yourself. So cut the time a bit short. And the example I love in that is think about when you're in school, right, and you were given an assignment that was like, oh, this is due in three weeks. When did you bother to do that assignment the night before? Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it isn't that the way? And it, nothing's changed. It's what we do. Oh, I've got forever to do that. Oh, I've got forever to do that. Oh, I've got forever to do that. Oh shit, it's the night before. What do you do? You get the whole shit done, right? Yeah. So it's you can hand it in the next day. It's exactly the same. Mm. You know, and and that way you're working even from a little bit of pressure, a little bit of almost like excitement though, like, oh my God, I gotta get it done, right? So give yourself a, a little bit of that pressure as well. And that will also surprise you you know, and, and keep it consistent. Like that's how you do it. You know, this is how you really, truly actually consistently get shit done. Block out the time, put on your big human pants and just do it. Mm. And um, one of the, the final sort of words I want to say on calendar scheduling Mm. is that you always need to remember that life happens Uh and we're humans. We're not task completing robots. So, if something in your calendar didn't work out the way that you wanted it to, don't beat yourself up about it. Mm-hmm. Learn mm-hmm. from what went wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, did you not allow enough time? Did something out of your control interrupt it? Um, or, you know, were you just pushing yourself too hard and you kind of like say you had a work block in from six to eight that night and you'd worked all day and it was just too much. You couldn't do it learn from the things that didn't work out and adjust what you do in the next week. Yeah. Learn from what happened. Try something else next time because it really is, it's all trial and error and there's no hard and fast answers or rules. Absolutely. Yeah, it's totally true. Like it really is trial and error, you know. 
Like see what works for you, especially if you're sort of new to this type of, you know, scheduling and getting stuff done and productivity. Like I've been at this since I was a teenager, right? I've always sort of operated in this way. So I know what works for me, but only you know what works for you. Mm. But our main tips, of course, is, you know, constraint on yourself, consistency, and see what works for you. Mm. And don't beat yourself up because it is all trial and error. It may take you six months to figure out what works well for you, but that's okay, right? Yeah, that's yeah. okay. What's the rush? Yes. Don't be in a rush and don't indulge in overwhelm. <laughs> that's it. So I feel like we've given you quite a lot to think about in this episode. (laughs) I'm just going to really quickly recap the stuff I went over at the start. I did run through it very quickly. Um, And, I mean, there are, I have other resources available on this. I think I have some on my Inspired Office website. I have some blog posts and um, I think I even did a Work Wife Wine Time podcast episode on it. So, you know. If you want more information, don't be afraid to reach out to Gemma and I about it. Happy to point you in the right direction. But the main points that I made was with your inbox, you want to get it to zero. And the five options you have when dealing with your email are read, wait, action, archive, and delete. Then when it comes to your to-do list, you've got four options, which are delete, delegate, defer, and do. And finally, when it comes to setting up your calendar, you want to put your personal time in first, then your appointments, meetings, and events second. And finally, your work blocks, which are where you're actually going to sit down and work through the important items on your to-do list. And as we've said, constrain what you do. If you're really struggling, ask yourself, do I really actually want to do this or do I think I should really actually want to do this? And don't be hard on yourself if it doesn't work out the way you want it. It's all a learning curve and it can, you know, it can, it can take you five or six months or even longer. It could take you 12 months to finally find the groove that really works for you. But as long as you try something learn from it, try something else. You will get there in the end. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.